and welcome to episode 62 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. Before we get into today's episode, we forgot to go back and address the Cleopatra legend, so I just wanted to clarify. The legend is that she allowed an asp, which is an Egyptian cobra, to bite her, thus committing suicide, allowing her to avoid the humiliating defeat by the Romans. On today's episode, Casey gives us some good news from Kenya, while I highlight some amazing animals you should follow on Instagram. We then learn about two new awesome animals for our picks from Africa, and about our animal of the week who is super unique. So let's get to it. Episode 62 of the Animal Addicts Podcast starts right now. episode 62 of the Animal Addicts podcast. As always, we're your hosts, Allie. And Casey. And today we're going to talk about a whole new assortment of awesome animals. But uh, before we get to that, Casey, what have you been up to since last I saw you? I've been snorkeling. Ooh, fun. Back at La Jolla or where? Yeah, that's where I only snorkel. (laughs) The only place. There's one other place up north, but I haven't been there in a while. How far north? Too far. (laughs) Like? An hour drive. It's, um... Like Orange County? Divers Co- yeah, it's okay. Orange County. All right. Um, but yeah, it was annoying because we went all the way out, saw nothing except for a few fish, and then finally we came back in, and then we saw the sharks. Uh, the leopard sharks. Yes. Right, okay. And we didn't even need our snorkel gear. They were just on the shoreline. <laughs> <laughs> we were just waiting and taking video of them. Aw. <laughs> I want to see video of the leopard yeah. sharks. Well, not right now, but, like, I want to see it. Maybe we'll post some. We'll see about that. Um, cool. All right. Well, anything else? Just disappointing fish and then leopard sharks. Yeah, it was fun, though, because of all the sharks, but it's like we waste our time swimming out there, getting cramps. Should have just hung out. Yeah. There you go. And there was funny because there was this one girl I saw. She was like, sharks, and, like, panicking about it and, like, head in. It was, like, pulling some people in. It's like, they're not going to hurt you. They're leopard sharks, yeah. No. Did she see like a... But they don't usually come up to the surface. No, she just... You can see the silhouette of them, though. Oh, so she freaked out. Okay. Yeah. But also the size of them. They're not that big. Mm-hmm. Even if that was a great white, I'm like, well, it's a little mm-hmm. one, so I'm pretty sure I can punch they're it. They're a meter and a half. Yeah, but that's still not like insanely big. They're still thin, though. They're not like beefy sharks. Kind of, because they're like pregnant and stuff. Oh, okay. Whatever. Mm. I, I feel like I would not be freaked out by a leopard shark. They're not that flanky either. I would still like you to not bite me, but like, you know. They have bulk to them. <laughs> okay. They're full. They're full. Yep. Full figured. Mm. Alright, cool. Well, um, alright, that was snorkeling. Speaking of water, segue. <laughs> I did it for you, folks. I completed The Secrets of the Whales. What is that on again? Disney Plus. These okay. are all on Disney Plus. But a lot of them are Discovery, so you should be able to get them um, through other channels as well. Discovery Plus. Discovery Plus. I know. You have to pay for it probably no matter what, almost. Unless you just Every happen... channel or network has their own it's Plus thing. It's very frustrating. Yeah. Um, but then also, Even like, HBO, which is already prescription subscription. Yeah. I know it is. But if you have the subscription through your, through your, like, your cable, mm-hmm. then you don't have to pay extra. Oh, really? No. I don't know. 
But if you don't, I was happy when they finally did that because I'm like, I legit, I have been pirating Game of Thrones, <laughs> and I was like, you need to come up with a subscription service because I will a pay for it. Episode of that series. How dare you? But like, I'm like, <laughs> if you have a subscription service, I will pay for that so I can watch that in Westworld and all the other stuff, you know, like so. Do you watch John Oliver? Found it. I do. I usually will go on a binge, which is how I do everything, honestly. <laughs> Same. But yeah, I. Yeah. Anyway, John Oliver is just like he's amazing, but then also I'm like sad and upset after. <laughs> So I'm just like, ugh. I don't oh, yeah. know. I have to be in like the mood for that. I'm like, oh, John Oliver, you're great, and this is mm-hmm. this is so true, and this is so mm-hmm. sad. Anyway, do you feel that way with Trevor Noah on The Daily Show? Pretty much same. Yeah. I mean, they're the same kind of setup. So I mean, they came from the same yeah people. So, anywho, I remember when um John Stewart was host and yeah. John Oliver took over. I was upset for a bit. Really? <laughs> yes. I feel like back then email was my anti-Britney. <laughs> Wow, you are not racist, I guess, but like country nationalityist against him. All right, well, he's an exception. He's cool though. So yeah, that whole show just like made really they. I mean, not they made them, but like they had yeah. really good people. So anyway, but speaking of the water, <laughs> so I watched the uh, the Secrets of the Whales. Oh, I forgot to write down the the. Oh shoot! Oh, it's Orca Dynasty is the name. Um. I'm going to go right off the bat and tell you the rating. I definitely expect it to be not safe. It's kind of complicated. I'm mm. giving it a mostly safe. So mm. many things here. I'm going to say what I put in my notes. They underplay how awful they are. Okay, not every pod of orcas is so terrible, but they're pretty terrible. And I disagree. It's nature trying struggle nope. for life. Nope. It's a beautiful thing. No, it's not. Yes, it so is. Anyway, like when they're teaching them how to hunt for the sea lions on the beach and stuff, like that is important. You have to go and do that. But then they're talking about how the grandma orca in this group, um, I don't remember what country that is. Patagonia? Yeah, no. Patagonia yeah, but, is Argentina. Um, anyway, so they're teaching the younger ones how to go up on the beach and try and grab them and everything. But then because she's trying to teach them, she pulls one into the water, takes it out a ways. And then they all just torture it for forever. And I 100% know they did not show all the footage of that. So that's why I'm saying they underplayed how awful they are. So because I've seen what they do in those situations, and it's terrible, and it's just not complicated. You just, there's the head, bite the head. Now I can't bite you anymore, and we're done. It's not there we that go. easy. It is that easy. No, it isn't. There are two of you. One is holding it. It is like going like this in the mouth. The other one comes up and goes, look, I have a giant mouth. I'm going to get half this thing in it. So if I just bite it in half, boom, now you got a piece. And that's not easy when you have blunt teeth. You can still crush it. You can crush it. (laughs) Do they have no... No bite force? I don't think so. I think they have bite force. All you got to do is... You can be crushed and still survive. Okay, but not very likely. And when you get crushed, you usually die from internal bleeding, which isn't necessarily fast. It's terrible. Because you know they're just alive and, like, freaked out because you've got six orcas around you. And you're trying your hardest to get back to shore, but it's never going to happen. And then they let you swim for a while on your own. Totally fine. And they're just, like, swimming next to you, like, oh, maybe we're friends. Oh, but then just kidding. We're not friends. Anyway, terrible. But overall, the other sad thing about it is they show one, which is sad. And, like, I still, I don't hate orcas. I don't like them. Um, but they I have one that has a dead calf, and she's, like, pushing it along. And that's really sad because she's, like, obviously sad. Her baby's dead. Um, also, then I was looking at that, and I was like, that is dead, right? It's not just, like, dying, and she has it in her mouth and is pulling it around. Like, I hope it's actually dead. Anyway, um, so, yeah. So that part's kind of sad of the baby that she's dragging around. And then the, mostly the sea lion one is rough. 
Oh, there's one down in. Are they in Antarctica? I feel like those are pretty tough, though, so it couldn't have been that. Or maybe it was because they were the young ones. Because, like, the youngsters had split off from the main pod, and they found a bunch of fur seals. But then they're like, well, they don't hunt fur seals. I'm assuming these are ones that go after penguins. Anyway, um, but the fur seals come after them and attack them. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you get it, seal. You get it. And they had to run away. I'm like, that's right, orcas. You get it, mama fur seal. You kick them out. Anyway, so, um, yeah, they didn't really show many of the good ones. And they, there was one good thing they did. There's the one, I don't remember where they are. Are they New Zealand? I think they're the New Zealand ones. They hunt um, stingrays. Yeah, that's New Zealand. So, the camera guy, which I forget his first name, Brian? Whatever his first name is, his last name is Scary, which is amazing. That's literally his name. It's like Brian Scary or whatever. So, anyway, so he's in the water with orcas. No way. No fucking way am I doing that. Um, with multiple orcas. It's not like it's just one. It's a whole bunch of them. Like, uh-uh. Like, hopefully they see us and are like, you don't have enough fat to be worth it. But, anyway. Um, so, so, he's in the water with it, and one, and they're showing how they, like... Like, usually it's the mom is, like, the leader, and she's the one who knows all the hunting techniques. Anyway, so they go down, and they get the um, the stingrays. Again, stingray's not complicated. There's the head. Bite it. It's dead. Stop grabbing it by the it edge of the skin. You. Yeah, but then don't, you don't want, but they grab by, like, the stinger, which is in your yeah, mouth. Yeah, what they do is you. they pull the stinger, flip it upside down. Yeah, and then it's, it's And it's like tonic. Yeah, but then the other one needs to come and bite the head. But they don't. They, like, take off pieces. I'm like, kill it first. Kill your food first. This is the rule. Kill it and then eat it. Eat what you need. Just kill it first. Anyway, but they take one. This one was dead first, so good job. But, um, so they see the diver in the water, and he's just trying to film them, obviously. But one's like, oh, you must, you obviously are not heavy enough. You need food. So it brings over a stingray to him and offers him the stingray. Obviously, he doesn't take it. And it finally kind of looks at him like, are you not going to eat this? And, like, picks it up and takes it away. But I was like, oh, that's so they're trying to feed him anyway so that was sweet but they're awful and um <laughs> it is a little funny though because when they show them up in norway when they go after herring there mm-hmm. um and their hunting techniques for that are kind of cool also again a nicer way of doing it like they gather them into the little ball and then one of them goes down and then she smacks them with her tail so like you knocked them out they're out just eat them now great that's a nice way to do it um, and then they go and they kick them, pick them up. But then there's, of course, fishing competing with the whales. So they'll go and just, like, take them out of nets yep. and, like, get them around the nets and stuff. But, of course, they also get tangled in nets. Um, I don't think they showed that in Norway, but they get tangled mm-hmm. in nets other places. So, anywho's. Um, but, yeah, so I'm giving it a mostly safe because, again, underrepresented. They didn't show them in their true nature. And then the dead calf was pretty sad. They didn't show them hunting whales? They did not show them hunting whales. They did not show them hunting uh, leopard seals either. They don't hunt leopard seals. Well, anyway, they didn't show them hunting seal. Well, are you I talking lied. about wave washing? I lied. I lied. No, they didn't do wave. They didn't show any wave washing. Okay. And they didn't. They showed the sea lion one, which I think we all know. That's the one where they come up on the beach and get them. Yeah. And then they showed um, the herring one, and I don't really think they showed them hunting down in the Antarctic area. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the coolest one. But then they show the ones that go, I, I was impressed. When I saw it. They go after elephant seals. I'm like, mm-hmm. you crazy. Um, but they go Southern after. Southern or Northern? I don't remember. Was it Antarctica? Was. It was not Antarctica. Okay, then it's Northern. Yeah, so it was leopard seals, but I'm sure it was a baby, maybe. It was a baby or a female. It wasn't a male, yeah. obviously. But they wait for them to go out in the water yeah. and go after them. But that was also really sad. Again, they didn't show it for very long, so I'm sure they don't want to show them torturing that thing to death. That one's bigger. 
So get the head again, like bite that there because there's a bunch of you. Well, it's one of you. Yeah, it's hard to do. Like you got to try to hold it and not get all bitten. But like there are multiple of you. One holds it, one bites it. Done. Now you start ripping it apart and sharing. I don't like them. Don't like I them. I love them. They're cute. They're very cute and pretty. No. Anyway, so moving along. <laughs> Uh, Casey, you have something that you want to talk about today. Yes, I got news from Kenya about rhinos. And now you know where Kenya is. In there theory. There we go. In theory. Oh, we have decided, by the way, that a year from now we're going to challenge ourselves to do that map again, and hopefully we do better. I've strived to get all 54. Good luck. I feel like I strive to get, like, 25. There'll be YouTube tutorials. You can't. No, it's not studying for it. You just have to look at the map. You can't cheat it. I'm not cheating. I'm preparing. <laughs> That's studying. Well, you have to look and research yeah. to figure it out. Anyway. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Yes. So uh, on with the, uh, I almost said on with the show, on with the, your article about uh, yes. rhinos in Kenya, I think. So between May and July of this year, the Kenyan Wildlife Service performed a census on their rhino population. And they recently released a report that shows their rhino population has increased from 1,258 back in the end of 2017 to 1,739 by the midpoint of this year. So sorry, what was the first number? 1,258 And now in 2017. And now it's 1,739. 739? Yes. Okay, so that's better. Yes. That's definitely better. So by the end of 2017, there were 510 southern white rhinos. And by July of this year, there were 840, so an increase of 330. That's good. And now for eastern black rhinos, at the end of 2017, there were 745. And by this July, there was 897 for a total increase of 152. Okay. However, more important statistic will not be known until the end of this year, because by that time, there will have been conducting these surveys for a period of four years. And by then, they will be able to calculate the annual growth rate of the black and white rhinos over this four-year period. And the Kenya's... Black Rhino Action Plan 2017 to 2021 had a target growth rate of 5%. Okay. So by the end of this year, we'll see if they reached it. Yay. And this is very good news as it is important to try to increase the rhino's population as they are still under pressure from poachers and habitat loss. The worst case of poaching recently for rhinos in Kenya was in 2013 when 59 rhinos were killed. Since then, poaching has been in decline across the country as a whole. And last year was an important milestone as it was the first year since 1999 in which there were no rhino poaching deaths. Wow. Mm-hmm. Kenya's pretty much got it together pretty well yeah. over there, I feel like. Yeah. This is especially significant since thanks to COVID-19 pandemic, the ecotourism industry is at a stop and there has been an increase of poaching in Africa due to the lack of tourism. Mm. However, this population increase is presenting future problems for rhinos as well. As with more rhinos, there is a need for more secure habitat for them, which is easier said than done, Mm -hmm. as they need access to water, vegetation, as well as protection by anti-poaching units. Right. And on top of that, this often involves bringing the rhinos into the area, which may involve translocating them to a new area to become established or removing fencing to expand their habitat, which will cost more time and money. Then you're going to have to monitor and count the rhinos for, with future census, like the one they are doing now, which can be particularly difficult for black rhinos since they are solitary and tend to spend much of their time hiding in shrubs. <laughs> so aerial counting is not very useful. I just imagine a rhino like 
willfully hiding. It's like hide and seek. Like, oh, someone's there. You're not going to find me. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it's going in Kenya. Well, that's good. That's some more positive news. Mm -hmm. Speaking of positive. Oh, good Lord. Look at that segue. I said I'd do this a while ago, and I've decided I will do it now. So I have mentioned, as I mentioned previously, some... Uh, Instagram accounts to follow to brighten your day. There is the San Francisco Airport Wag Brigade that are there to um, make travelers' lives a little nicer. And I've talked about two that I follow slightly, Lilu the pig and then Tristan the French bulldog. But anyway, so I'm going to tell you a bit more about the Wag Brigade. Obviously, I'll post this. It's a whole pet me um, where the mag, where the Wag Brigade tells you all about them. They're anyway. Yes, that's the pig. That's Lilu. That's Lilu right there. All right. So I'm just going to read this little blurby about them. Then we'll talk about it. Look at this. It's so sweet. Oh, I want to go to San Francisco just to do this. Anyway. So on December 3rd, 2013, SFO, the airport in San Francisco, we've talked about them before because the garter snakes. Yes. Look at them. What they are just amazing. What a great airport. Um, anyway, the SFO launched a program titled Wag Brigade to bring trained dogs to the terminals to make passenger travel more enjoyable. The San Francisco Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, SPCA, brought dogs certified through their animal-assisted therapy program to roam the terminals. Three years later, Lilu, a Julia, no, sorry, Juliana bred pig, I don't know what that is, I'd have to look into pigs, um, joined the beloved Wag Brigade team. Carefully selected for their temperament and airport suitability, the animals wear vests that read, Pet me, which identify them. So then they talk about, so first of all, they have an Instagram page for the SFO's Wag Brigade. Most of the doggies have their own, are you there? Are you going there? Anyway. American Pig Association. Okay. Um, most of the doggies have their own Instagram. There are a couple that don't have their own Instagram handles, but most of them do. So I'm not going to, I'm going to say their names. I'm not going to go through everybody. Um, but there's, there's Benga. Um, so that's a sweetie one. That one's Instagram handle, if you want to follow them, is Bowtie Benga. How cute. There is Bombay. Bombay the Lab is uh, their Instagram handle. They're super cute and sweet. Look at Brixton. Adorable. I feel like that looks like it's a golden retriever, but it also kind of looks like a dachshund. But I think it's a golden retriever. It's upside down in its picture, so it's a little... I'm putting my money on golden. I think it's a golden. Anyway, um, and Brixton is Brixton at large on Instagram. There's Brody, who's a little cavalier King Charles. That one is at, at SF Treat Dogs. There are also two of them who have the same handle, so I wonder if they're owned by the same people. But I have not read their entire things. Oh, oh, they are. I just read it. Never mind. Yes, they are. They're brothers. There's mm. another one. We'll get to him later. Also a Cavalier. This one I'm going to talk about because it's a Ridgeback, so I'm a little, a little biased. So this is Cadence. Here's one of them I'll actually read about. Cadence loves making new friends and is excited to be the first Rhodesian Ridgeback on the SFO WAG Brigade. She completed her canine good citizenship or good citizen certification in 2017. Mm and joined the SFSPCA Animal Assisted Therapy Program in 2018. Her favorite hobbies include running on the beach, lounging in the sun, and playing at the park. And her Instagram is Ridgeback Runner, and she's at the beach right now, you can see. She's so <laughs> cute. There's George Morky, um, obviously a Morky. Their Twitter handle is George Mor- at, well, obviously, at, everything is at George Morky. There's Jackie, um, who is a Sussex Spaniel. Um, this one does not have their own 
uh, Twitter account, but um, but she loves being a therapy dog. Obviously, you can follow all of them at the actual SFO Wag Brigade Twitter. Not what did I say? Twitter Instagram account. <laughs> then there is Jagger D Wagger, who looks like some sort of doodle. I don't know if he's a Labradoodle or a Golden Doodle, but he's a doodle. Um, and his Instagram account is Jagger D Wagger, just like his name. So he's a sweetie. Then we, of course, have Lilu. Look at Lilu's picture. I love it so much. I'm reading Lilu. Sorry, I'm, again, biased. Okay. Lilu is the first certified piggy with SFSPCAAAT program. So many letters. She is a proud city pig that brings smiles and positivity everywhere she goes. Lilu is hypoallergenic and knows a lot of tricks, too. She can greet you with her snout or a wave, thank you with her shake, perform with her toy piano. And bow tie at the end. I can't. Lulu also likes to twirl and can stand on her back hooves. She can run in a figure eight and push the ball with her snout. And above all, Lilo does it all with a pretty smile on her beautiful face while wagging her tail. Her Instagram is Lilu underscore SFPig. Then we have Marisol, who is another lab retriever. Um, and she is... Um, so obviously she's a lab retriever. She also does not have her own, um, Twitter handle. Then we have Ollie, who is a golden doodle. What? Did I say Twitter again? <laughs> Dang it. Instagram. They're all on Instagram. I don't know if they're on. I know. I'm telling you. I follow Lilu for a reason. Lilu is like, has a better life than me. Lilu is everywhere. Um, Ollie is a golden doodle. Uh, also does not have their own Instagram. <laughs> um, but also a cutie patootie. Then we have Pink. That's a weird name for a dog, but okay, that's cool. Uh, Pink looks like a, uh, a spaniel of some kind. I don't know if it's a cocker or what kind. They don't want to say. Anyway, she looks like a cocker spaniel to me, but she's a spaniel of some sort, certainly. Also does not have her own Instagram <laughs> handle. You're just looking at all Lulu stuff right now, aren't you? I'm telling you. Gotta follow Lulu, guys. I'm gonna have to go. I haven't followed all the rest of them yet, so I'll have to start following the other ones. Then we have Prancer, who is the brother of the one from before. Um, who's another Cavalier King Charles, also at SF Treats do Treat Dog, excuse me. Then there is Sadie. She is a mini Labradoodle, which that's not a thing, and she doesn't look very small. <laughs> so I don't know what that's about. I feel like that's a lie. She's a Labradoodle. Um, and she also looks like I have friendly little face. She also does not have her own Instagram. Then we have Toby. Cut all the doodles. I'm not a fan of doodles. I'm sorry. When I worked in Temecula, there were a ton of people with doodles. Because <sighs> I want the hypoallergenic and no shedding. That's why they have all these. But I don't really like them. I mean, I don't, like, dislike them because, like, dogs are dogs. But, like, they're not my favorite. Anyway, another doodle. This is Toby. He's an oversized golden doodle, apparently. <laughs> sure. He looks like a giant stuffed toy. That's what they say about him. These are definitely all written by their people. So it's funny because they're all kinds of different things. He is Toby, the SF doodle. Then there's Tristan, who I already follow, who also has an amazing life. And um, I'll, I guess I'll read about his little blurb. Born with both canine... What? <laughs> that was weird. Born with both canine and Muppet DNA. Ha 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 ha. They're funny. Tristan has used his goofy charm to win many people over. Raised in San Francisco, Tristan is a true Northern Californian. Does he say hella? Because that's what Northern Californians say. Anyway, enjoying both its outdoors and urban indulgences. His hobbies include napping, lounging, and hunting for table scraps. His greatest strength is resilience, which was put to the test after he suffered from back injury, from a back injury resulting in a partial paralysis in his hind legs. Even when scooting around in his wheels, 
His love of life shines through and he hopes to pass on the feeling to all who greet him. His Instagram is Tristan underscore French Bulldog. He has a little wheelchair, but he goes to the beach and everything. He's all over the place. He's adorable. I'm not sure how you say this name. Ziggin. Ziggin? The T is apparently silent. So Ziggin is a little um, Bichon. Oh, well, a Balinese, which is an Italian Bichon. Fine, whatever. Um, He's a little ball of white fluff. (laughs) I actually hate Balinese. (laughs) Wow, don't be mean. Anyway, um, his name is Bali Boy Ziggin. I'm just going to spell his name for you. T-Z-I-G-A-N. Okay. And then there is Wrigley. He is the final member of the group. He is a 150-pound noodle. Oh, that's why he's big. That's amazing. A noodle. Oh I want to get that just so I can say it's my noodle. Also, it's giant. Have you seen the pug noodle? Newfoundland. Have I seen the what? The pug noodle. No. <gasps> you have to watch it. I don't know You have to follow noodle. noodle. Oh, my gosh. He's the pug on TikTok that tells you what kind of day you eat. Oh, no, I don't if have you're TikTok. Have Bones or no bones day. Oh, is that what those yes. are? That's where the, like, it's a bones day? Yes. I'm out of it, guys. I don't have TikTok. Anyway, Wrigley, he's a Newfoundland poodle mix. That's why he's a noodle. And uh, he's 150 pounds. And his Instagram is Wrigley.Murphy underscore noodles. Spelled N-E-W-D-L-E-S. Anyway, so these doggies are adorable. And a piggy. And the pictures are so cute. Look at the kisses. It's giving kisses. Oh, my gosh. I love them. I need an excuse to go to the San Francisco airport. Why would I ever stop in San Francisco? It's not far enough. <laughs> Unless I flew into San Francisco. But, like, why? Why not just drive? Anyway. I drove up to San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, same. Oh, I don't think I said Benga is a, a peekapoo, which is, I hate these names. What's a peekapoo? It's a Pekingese poodle, I'm sure. But it says a Pikapoo Susu, which I feel like is probably Pekingese Poodle and also Shih Tzu. Anyway, whatever. He's mixed. It reminds <laughs> me matters. of like how I know some groomers that would complain about people making up dog breeds. Oh, I know. They hated it. <laughs> and they'd be like, you spent $3,000 on a mutt. That's what you did. But anyway, I also they don't care about that because don't spend money on dogs. Adopt them. But anyway, yeah. So there's all of these puppers and the piggies. Let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. 18 members of the SFO WAG Brigade. So um, find an excuse to fly into San Francisco because I wonder if any other airports do this. I wish they did. I don't know. I feel like I have to fly to the the airport and then I'm like, I'm not leaving this airport (laughs) until I see Lilu. Or one of these wag brigaders so I can pet them and take a picture next to them because they're amazing. But definitely, Lilu just, like, lives life. So <laughs> yes. you got to go follow Lilu. Uh, I'm going to start following others. But, yeah, so there's some joy to your day. They're all therapy doggos and, uh, and a piggy, so they're really sweet and wonderful. And I'm sure the kids must absolutely love it. So, anyway, good job, San Francisco Airport, on multiple occasions. Whatever, sure. Um, multiple ways. But That's what levels. Sure, we'll go with that. That's also not the word. I can't think of words, obviously. Not the word I was looking for, but that's fine. Anyway, uh, we should get back into our animals that we're going to discuss, even though the Wag Brigade is amazing. But it is time for our picks. I chose it this time. Not going to lie. I pretty much chose this area to choose this animal. But then again, with my lack of, I almost said communication, (laughs) uh, commitment, even when I was looking at it, I'm like, oh, that one's cool, too. Oh, that one's cool. Do I still want this one? Yeah, I do, because they're amazing. Anyway, so Casey, um, what was your choice for our favorite animal native to the Sahara Desert? I picked the desert monitor. Yeah, you did. Yes. So tell us about them. 
So their scientific name is Varanus griseus. This species is found throughout much of northern Africa, as well as from Saudi Arabia through to parts of India. Even though it is called the desert monitor due to its broad geographic range, it can survive in a wide range of climates, including dry temperate, coastal plain, and dry tropical regions. Hmm. But they tend to live in primarily arid and desert-like regions. It is one of the largest reptiles found in its native range, reaching lengths of up to one and a half meters. And desert monitors have been known to live up to 17 years of age. And this species of monitor appears to be dependent upon loose soils, which they use for digging burrows, for nesting, as well as using them to make imprints for communication and foraging. Okay. Yep. It is a diurnal species that has large territories in which an individual can cover five to six kilometers before it returns to its home burrow. And even though they are solitary, there may be a high density of monitors in an area known as a settlement where they will tolerate each other, but... <laughs> I love all the animals that tolerate each other. Yeah. But sometimes there will be spets for dominance. Makes sense. It has a slender and robust body, which allows it to go diving into crevices as it hunts for prey. They have a large range in its diet, depending on where it is located in its geographic range. And prey items include snakes, nesting birds, eggs, amphibians, small mammals, and invertebrates. Okay. Unlike other monitor lizards, this species has nostrils that are diagonal slits. Slits that are positioned closer to the eyes rather than at the end of the snout. Mm, okay. It's likely an adaptation for dealing with the sand in its environment. Makes sense. And this species is currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN Red List. However, its population is currently in decline, and it is also listed under Appendix 1 under CITES. All right. Mm -hmm. That is a cool uh, monitor, a desert monitor, correct? Yes. There's so many monitors, I feel like, over there. Anyway, um... All right, so prepare yourself for the adorable. Um, I chose the fennec fox. Of course I did. They're adorable. I mean, so many foxes are just adorable, let's be real. But these guys, you know them because you know their ears. Anyway, their scientific name is Vulpus zerda. Oh, that is just fun. <laughs> oh, I love when my animals have the best scientific names. Nobody still beats the Sagittarius serpentarius, but, like, they're pretty great. All right. Um, its native range covers uh, much of northern Africa, including countries like Algeria, Libya, Niger, and Mali. This would have helped doing the, uh, <laughs> the map because you would know those are all North Africa. Um, this species of fox lives primarily mm. in deserts and in other arid habitats. They are the smallest species of fox in the world. They are pretty little. They're real cute. Mm -hmm. um, they measure in at only 29 to 41 <laughs> centimeters long. You finally can use your ruler. Yeah. It, I use it last time too. So I mean, the like shorter end of that is almost a foot. It's about ten inches, I'd say. Yeah, about ten inches, and then that's that's a little bigger than that. So your 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 foot ruler, it's about the size of a fennec box, which makes sense because if you've ever seen them, they're real little and they're real cute. Anyway, um, <laughs> they weigh one point six kilograms. In the wild, they can live up to ten years and up to twelve years in captivity. Like many other small canids, they're omnivorous. They will feed on a variety of food, including insects, rodents, small reptiles, and plants and fruits. Plants are actually an important part of their diet, and it is where, as it, oh my gosh, as this is where they get most of their water. 
The most notable feature, as I said, on the fennec fox is its enormous ears, which can be about half the length of their body. These large ears help them locate prey while they are hunting and also provide a large surface area to dissipate heat and stay cool. Another important adaptation this species has is their light-colored coat, which reflects sunlight in the daytime and keeps them warm at night. They also have fur on their foot pads to prevent them from burning their feet. They will spend much of the day inside burrows to avoid the heat and stay away from predators like raptors and hyenas. <laughs> I imagined dinosaurs. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Can you imagine a raptor trying to walk through the Sahara Desert and any of those dunes out there? Like, it would be a struggle. If memory serves me right, velociraptors actually lived in desert habitat. Oh, snap. Watch out, little guys. Anyway. <laughs> Several million years I ago. I didn't realize that hyenas were up in the Sahara. That's crazy. Anyway. Anyway, so fennec foxes are a monogamous species that mate for life. They usually have litters of two to five kits. Um, the mother will stay with the kits until they are weaned, and the male will leave to burrow, um, leave the burrow, excuse me, to hunt for the group. They are fairly social and form family units consisting of the breeding pair, the immature kits, and sometimes a few older siblings from previous litters. They are currently listed as least concern by the IUCN Red List. The global population is currently stable. There are no um, major threats currently known to the species survival. There is habitat loss, though, in the... Um, in northern Africa. There's also the risk of being captured for the pet trade. See that a lot. Don't have fennec foxes. Most of these things are not good for pets. Just as a little rant, social media needs to find a way to give me the cute animal stuff without giving me all the people that keep exotics. Yeah, exotics without the stuff. I mean, if you go through all of the, you know, all the work to do it, fine, and you have a little rescue, that's fine. But, like, don't just have these things as a pet. But they are really cute. They're super adorable. They used to have them where you could see them at the park, but now you can't see them anymore. Oh, you can see the sand cat. You can see the sand cat. Who Which is cuter. Serves some looks. The black-footed uh, cat is back, too. Yeah, he's in that one corner. I know, but they took him out for a while. Oh. I was like, what the heck? And now he's back. I saw the butt last time. Same. Did not want to see the head dip is I not I always out. see the sand cat. It's a little... So cute. So I still love the the picture. I posted on our social media, but um, of the shade he threw at me the one day. It was like, this is the most cat picture I've ever taken in my life. Anyway, so um, yeah, so that is our 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 favorite. So those are our favorite um, animals native to the Sahara Desert: the desert monitor and the fennec fox. And Casey. Yes, Allie. What were Robin Hood and Maid Marian from the 1973 Disney films' favorite ballroom style of dance? I don't know. The foxtrot. <laughs> Yay. Oh, yeah. I figured it might give you a hint since I just talked about a fox. But yeah. anyway, that brings us to another canid. It is a canid, right? We'll find well, out. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really cool animal of the week. And our animal of the week this week is... The Ardwolf. The Ardwolf. Let's learn about it. They're interesting and maybe not a canid species, but they kind of look like a canid species. So anyway, continue. But we know that hyenas don't fit it, so what else? So these guys belong to order Carnivora. Mm -hmm. They are in the family Hyenidae. Ah, uh, that's why. Okay. And their scientific name is Proteles cristata. Cristata? Mm -hmm. That's fun. Yes. There are two disjunct populations. One is in Southern Africa in countries like Angola, South Africa, and Namibia. Another and another northeastern population, which encompasses parts of Sudan down to Ethiopia and Tanzania. 
there is not a good amount of data on their lifespan in the wild. However, based on data from their close relatives, they may live in their late to their late teens. And the oldest individual in captivity lived to be 20 years old. Okay. Mm-hmm. They were 85 to 105 centimeters in length and weigh approximately 10 kilograms. The aardwolk is an insectivorous species, and their bulk of their diet consists of termites. I did not know this. Mm-hmm. They're fascinating. And there is a word for this Allie has yet to learn. <laughs> the other day I heard it again. Myrmecophagus? Myrmecophilus. You got first. Myrmecophagus. Yes, Myrmecophagus. I should think a miracle. (laughs) Myrmecophagus. Oh my gosh. I got it. And they predominantly feed on species in the genus Trinitermes, which are all commonly called Nasut harvester termites, and Hodotermes, which are pigmented harvester termites. And whichever they feed on more depends on the time of year because Trinitermes are active in warmer months, while Hodotermes are active in cooler months of the year. And the name Aardwolf is actually a misnomer because they are not a wolf. They are in fact related to, they aren't related to canids at all. <laughs> Belong to the suborder Filiformia, which are the cat-like animals and are actually a species of hyena. That makes more sense, okay. Yeah. And fun fact, there are not many extant species of the family Hyenidae, with just four species alive today, making it the fifth smallest family in Carnivora. Wow. Okay, wait. So we have the Spotted, the Striped, the Aardwolf. Who's the third? Brown. Brown Hyena? Yeah. Brown Hyena. I I don't think I knew those existed. Okay. Continue on. Are those the ones up in the desert? In the Sahara? Okay. That's by the way. Okay. Yeah. The other smallest families from most to least are Prio... Prion odontidae. What are those? Asiatic linsangs. <laughs> that didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> you probably never heard of these. Okay. Ialuridae. What's that? Red pandas. <gasps> oh, I love them. Okay. Nandinidae. Nandinidae. Mm-hmm. The That is the African palm civet. Okay. And odobenidae. It's a walrus. Oh, are they the most? That's the least. Okay, so that's the one that only has like one type. Yes, of one. Okay. African palms of it one. Okay, okay. The third day is one. Okay. Possibly two. Possibly two. <laughs> yeah. And these four species aren't even necessarily that closely related to each other, as each belongs to their own genus. The aardwolf diverged about ten million years ago. Spotted hyena diverged about nine million years ago. And the brown and striped hyena, which are most closely related, diverged about 6.3 million years ago. Okay. And the aardwolf actually belongs to a separate f- subfamily called Protellini. Those are the dog-like hyenas. While the other belong to the subfamily <laughs> Hyenanae. Okay. Those are the bone-crushing hyenas. Oh. Ah, yes. The ones with the powerful, powerful... Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which would be our spotted ones, right? Yes. Spotted, yep. brown, and striped. Oh, so Ardwolf's the only one that's Yes, not. they are the only ones left of the dog-like hyenas. Okay. <laughs> and phylogenetic analysis has shown that the hyenas are most closely related to the families Euplaridae and Herpestidae. Which are? The Malagasy mongooses and the mongooses. That makes all of the sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have bad attitudes. Yeah. So. Do you know what Malagasy refers to? No. It's an island. Fair. Oh, okay. Big island. Great. Madagascar. Oh, I thought you said Malagasy. <laughs> yeah, it is. 
Well, why is there an L? That's the well, that's denominum what threw for me. <laughs> if it was Madagascar, then I'd be like Madagascar. Yeah, the Fusa and a few others. They're all endemic to those islands. All right, I want to go there. Let's yeah. just be rich so we can go to Africa <laughs> for many reasons. So you don't have to worry about healthcare for one. <laughs> Anywho, back to the Ardwolf. Yeah, the Ardwolf does have a relatively strong jaw, but over the course of millions of years, the evolution. Over millions of years of evolution, their cheek teeth have been reduced to pegs. Their cheek teeth? Yeah. What are, what are cheek teeth? Fish teeth. Oh. It makes it sound like it's coming out of their cheek. Like, what is this monster? Oh, my gosh. I didn't want to go through all the technical. I just feel like that'd be like jaw. Well, I mean, yeah, all of it's jaw, but like your back jaw teeth. Anyway, continue on. Yes, so they've been reduced to pegs. Wait, what do you call the non-cheek teeth? Incisors, canines. Oh, okay. These are considered incisors? I thought it was just incisors. these guys. These okay. are incisors. Oh, okay. Anyway, continue on. Mm. Cheek teeth. <laughs> I made him lose his spot, sorry. <laughs> and rather than rely on their bites since they feed on termites, they have a wide tongue and produce a very sticky saliva that helps them lick them up. This is blowing my mind that they are... Myrmacophagus. I'm going to get it. I'm not going to remember it next time. I have it today. Next time you quiz me on it, not going to have it. And this also sets them apart from other insectivorous mammals because most stick into mounds, while the aardwolf just licks them off of surfaces. <laughs> okay. In a single night, an aardwolf can consume up to 300,000 termites. Ooh. It is suspected that the aardwolf faces little competition for food because the Nasut harvester termite soldiers produce terpenes, which they use as a defense mechanism, but the aardwolf appears to have a resistance that other insectivores lack. Is that, like, a chemical that stinks, or is it something that, like... So, basically, what terpenes do is they cause what's called apoptosis, which is basically just killing your cells. Oh, great. So, basically, it, for the spray in the nose, it would be very irritating and painful. Okay. And the aardwolf... Is predominantly nocturnal because the Nasut termites can't tolerate sunlight and are only active at night. Mm. But in the colder months, they become more diurnal to hunt the pigmented harvester termites, which are active during the daytime. And this species has limited vocalization ability, especially over long distances. So for communication with their own species, they will leave pasting secretions that they produce from their anal gland. Pasting secretions? Yes. What is that? I don't probably don't want to know. All that. hyenas do it. Ugh. But it's basically just a secretion from their anal gland. Oh, okay. And it's very thick. Ew. <laughs> this gland is on both males and females, but males tend to mark the territory more than females. They are monogamous for the most part, but males will mate with females in a neighboring territory when the opportunity presents itself. And it is not uncommon for a litter to be fathered by more than one male. Oh. Both the male and female will raise the pups until they're about a year old. The male will usually spend most of its time guarding the den while the female hunts for termites. Okay. Yep. The aardwolf is currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN red list, and the global population is stable. They used to be persecuted by farmers as they were mistaken as hyenas and jackals, but this persecution has changed and now farmers actively try to conserve the species. But there is still some casualties due to misidentification. 
And one potential negative impact on the species is human expansion. As human populations expand, farmers often destroy termitaria, which gets rid of the major food source for the species. I'm assuming termitaria is just habitat for the termites. Yeah, it's basically where the termites' homes is. Okay. <laughs> it is also possible that poisons used in the area for locust management may have a negative impact on them. Poor little guys. That's the yardwolf. They're really cool. Mm-hmm. I'm still shocked that they're myrmecophagus people because <laughs> they're like, well, they look like a doggy type thing, yeah. but they're not a dog thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway. All right. Cool. Well, that is our awesome animal of the week. Um, and that brings us to the challenge, Casey. And I don't know what it's mm-hmm. going to be. So I don't know if it's going to be for just me or if it's going to be It's going to be just for you. Great. <laughs> Fantastic. It's the return of your Africa quiz. Oh, no. <laughs> The one with the lions before? No, I don't remember. That was a Leo quiz. Okay, that's true. It was. But yeah. So see what you know about Africa and what lives there and stuff like that. Oh dear. I'm going to give you 10 minutes. I just, I'm stressing out about the fact that I didn't name an Indian rhino Mm. as a rhino species in Asia from whatever (laughs) one that was. Like, that killed me. Anyway, okay. (sighs) All right. There's 11 questions. That's some bonus. You'll get 10 minutes. Okay. All right. Here we go. How many subspecies of black rhino are there? Shit, I think we've covered this before. Have we covered all this before? Or no? Um, I'm gonna say two, but that's probably wrong. That is incorrect. Great. How many great apes are in Africa? Oh, no. Um, they're not considered great apes. Uh, is this including subspecies? No. Okay. I feel like this is going to be wrong. I'm going to say two, but I think that's wrong. I think I'm missing someone. That is incorrect. Which of the great apes in Africa is most endangered? I feel like we've talked about this before. It's gonna be, I'm just going to get them all wrong. I'm going to say it's the um, that one group of gorillas. The mountain gorillas? That is incorrect. Great. Cool. How many big cats are endemic to Africa? Oh, no. Endemic is they're only there. Yes. But there's some funky cheetahs in India. Everything's in India. <laughs> there are lions in India. So I'm going to say the only big cats pretty much that are left are leopards. So I'm going to say, oh, but there's a, there's a Sri Lankan leopard. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? I'm going to say zero. That is correct. Okay. <laughs> True or false, all the rhino species in Africa have two horns. Oh, no. I do not remember this. I'm going to say yes. That is correct. True True or false? Both species of rhino in Africa are endangered. I'm just going to say yes because they're rhinos. That is false. Wow. How many species of cat are native to Africa? Oh, God. There's a lot of cats. Maybe there's a lot of small ones. That's a lot. <laughs> oh no. Um. No, I think they're in Asia though. So I'm kind of totally winging it on the small guys. I'm gonna say. Well, those are both there. I'm gonna say eight. It's probably more. You are very close. Nine. It's ten. Oh, okay. 
Which country has the largest rhino population? Oh, no. I feel like it's either going to be Kenya or South Africa. I'm going to say South Africa. I don't know. You are correct. Yay. Name 10 countries in Africa. <laughs> yes! All right. Morocco, Egypt. Start with the ones I could label easily. Um, Madagascar, Kenya, Tanzania, um, Botswana, Ethiopia, Kenya. Uh, uh, Namibia, I'm mixing one. Mozambique, um, Sudan. There's there 10. You go. <laughs> that I can do. <laughs> Labeling, maybe uh, not. <laughs> what is the fastest animal in Africa? Where's that falcon from? Are they in Africa? Or are they somewhere else? You're not saying land animal, you're just saying animal, right? Yes. I don't know where that falcon is from. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say the, oh, I have to know its name. Yes. Peregrine falcon? That is correct. Yay. What is the most dangerous animal in Africa? Mosquito. Yes. Okay. So technically you're done, but there's <laughs> plenty of time and I have an instant win bonus. Instant win. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> What is the scientific name of the species of African moth in Silence of the Lambs? I'm not going to know that. I feel like you did say it once before. I did. Why am I going to focus on a scientific name of a moth that you barely mentioned? I'm 100% I'm not going to be able to say this. I don't remember what moth's beginning name is. So it's, uh, it is, um, I'll make something up. It is Hannibal Lecteris. That's what it is. Okay, that's it. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I'm shocked that it's uh, not right. All right, so I have to do math. Okay, that's fine. I'm really happy I had him label that map of Africa because that had some... I would have had 10, though. Don't you worry. I could have had 10 without having a refresher. So you got 55 points total. How many were possible? 100, not including the bonus. Great. Failed. So Flat let's go through what you fail. got wrong. <laughs> oh, the whole beginning was just trash. So how many subspecies of black rhino are there? You were close. It's three. Dang it. It's the eastern, southern, central, southwestern. Southern central? Yes, south central. Wow, I would not have known that. Okay. Yep. South central. How many great apes are in Africa? The answer is four. Okay. The bonus for that was name them. It's bonobo, chimpanzee, western gorilla, eastern gorilla. Oh, what? Eastern and Western? That's mm -hmm. what they are? Okay. Yes. Mountain gorilla is a subspecies of Eastern gorilla. Oh, that's not nice. Okay. <laughs> and they actually got uplisted to endangered not too long ago. They were critically endangered. And which of the great apes in Africa is most endangered? That is the bonobo. Hmm. Okay. I did yes. not expect that. Which is also our closest relative. Yep. True or false, both species of rhino in Africa are endangered. That is false. The black rhino is critically endangered, and the oh, white rhino okay. is near threatened. I, oh, okay, is near threatened. Okay, I was no. like, if you're going to say critically yeah, endangered no. and endangered, I'm going to pick the, yeah. But that's fine. If it's near threatened, okay, fine. Yep. And how many species of big cat are there? There's 10. They are the lion, leopard, cheetah, African golden cat, serval, caracal, African wildcat, sand cat, jungle cat, and black-footed cat. Uh, I would not have gotten jungle cat, but no. I assume there was going to be, like, some more in there. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. 
And just some fun statistics for most dangerous animals in Africa. Hippos are number two. Yep. And it's estimated they kill about 500 to 3,000 people per year. <gasps> 3,000? Holy yeah. shit. They don't have official numbers, so that's estimates. I'm assuming that's like locals who are just happening near the river or something. Yeah. Mosquitoes completely dwarfs it at over a million per year. But didn't they say they've just come up with a, I don't know if it's vaccine, but something to help combat malaria? Because I'm sure malaria is a lot of that. Yes. Um, there are some genetic modifications that they are trying out that I know of. I just remember seeing something fairly recently about that. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So, it's mosquito, hippo, Cape Buffalo's third? Yes. Who's fourth? I don't know. Okay. Probably elephant. No. Or maybe rhino. I don't know. Let's Google. <laughs> Look it up. We must know. Rhinos, I feel like, are just, they just don't see you when they get surprised. <laughs> their poor eyesight I yeah i always hear rhino. people saying rhinos are very aggressive and it's like really they're not it's just they're blind as they're hell they're blind and they get spooked yeah let's see also why would it's you mosquito. go near a cape buffalo i would not go near those then hippo at three and they're loud and stinky and they grunt and they i feel like they <laughs> fart all the time I don't african know. elephant is is the next one yeah 500 deaths per year wow now crocodile 300 Oof, yeah no way lion 200 cape buffalo 200 i'm kind of surprised these numbers are this high <laughs> great whites too <laughs> Well, I have to go in the water. Yeah. Um, Rhinos unknown. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so the yeah. next one, mosquito was correct. Yep. And the instant win. <laughs> yeah, come on. The answer is Acherontia atropos. I was never going to get that. And I've beefed with it because they show this species in the movie and on the uh, thing, the but they call it Acherontia sticks, which is not correct. You tell him, Casey. Yeah. It's like paw prints. It drives me nuts. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, um, that did not go well, obviously. I completely failed. And the only things I feel like I did well with were, once again, related to cats. <laughs> you named the countries. I did that. I did do that. I, I would have had that anyway. So yeah. I do remember seeing videos of like people's like, can you name 10 countries in Africa? And they can't. No. It's painful to watch. I feel like even without recently looking at a map, I still would have been able to come up mm -hmm. with them. Because, like, you, you've heard of them. Mm -hmm. You've heard of a lot of them. Then you might be like, oh, yeah, that's a thing. But, like, yeah. there's some that are very obvious. Like, I feel, I don't know. You should at least be able to name ten countries, folks. That's what we're saying. There we go. We should separately try to name as many countries as we can and see how we do. You'll probably yeah. win, though, because you've studied more. Anyhow. <laughs> All right. Well, that brings us to the end. Of, of this episode of the Animal Addicts Podcast. As always, we're your hosts, Allie. And Casey. And we will catch you on the next episode of the Animal Addicts Podcast.